Well, I'm on assignment this morning to continue the dream series. I am preaching for Pastor Chris today. He had a, a family thing come up last minute. And if you guys could be praying, everything is okay. We thank you for your prayers. But today I am continuing the series, Dream Week 6. And today I'm on assignment to talk about raising up dreamers. Raising up dreamers. Has anybody benefited from the dream series? Yes, it's, it's my prayer that you've, as you've listened to these messages over the past six weeks or so, that God has shown you some things. You've begun, to, you've begun to dream for your own life. And maybe God has been stirring some things up in your life. That's our prayer. I know for me that is absolutely true. There's some things at the beginning of the year that I wasn't thinking about. But then after this series, I started thinking about. Anybody else? Uh, I do a little bit of songwriting, a little bit of music. And I was convinced at the beginning of the year, Adam, this is how I've wired you to make disciples. Write a song. And so maybe you'll hear a song soon. I don't know. (laughs) But it's been speaking to me like we have to dream. And hopefully we've been dreaming. I know I have been. And today we're going to emphasize raising up dreamers. If you're ready, say ready. Let's stand. Let's read the word together. Raising up dreamers. Part of the dream is the ownership of the responsibility to raise up another dreamer, to raise up other dreamers. I have a personal belief that everyone should have at least someone that you're raising up. Whatever it is God has called you to do, whatever it is you're good at, I believe he's, he's sent someone right on your heels that wants to get good at that. And I, I'm a firm believer that everybody should be raising up somebody. I love stories in the Bible of Moses and Joshua, where Joshua's on the heels of Moses, and Moses is inviting him into his life, inviting him into the presence of the Lord, raising Joshua up. Today we're going to talk about Paul and Timothy. It's another relationship about raising dreamers. So if you're ready, say you're ready. Let's get into it. We're going into 2 Timothy. We're going to read two passages of scripture here about Paul's relationship with his with his son he's raising up, not his biological son, but his spiritual son, Paul and Timothy. 2 Timothy 1 verse 1 starts like this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, According to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear. Someone say, not of fear, but of power, love, self-control. Verse 8, therefore, 
do not be ashamed of the testimony of our, our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of the by the power of God, who saved us, called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He has given us in Christ Jesus before the ages, which has now been manifested through appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I'm not ashamed, for I know I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until the day, until that day, what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound works that you've heard from me. Follow the pattern of the sound works you've heard from me. In this faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit. Entrusted in you. I'm going to jump over to chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. It goes like this You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, and that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Put it on our hearts today, God, to to raise up dreamers. Open our eyes, God, to show us the potential around us to raise dreamers, God. We know that you've put it in us, and we know you've called us to raise up others. So we pray for your power to do that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, Paul and Timothy... It's an amazing relationship in the word of God about about raising up somebody else, about teaching them the things of God, teaching them how to dream. And I said at the beginning that it's a personal belief of mine that we should all have at least somebody in our lives. If you just closed your eyes right now and thought about the answer to this question, who are you raising up right now? Who are you raising up right now? This is the latest letter that Paul would write. He is advanced in years. Is that a polite way of saying that? He is nearing the end of his journey, as Pastor Skip said earlier. And he's, he's cranking out a, a high-speed uh, text. If, if it was today, it would be an email or a, mem- or a text message or, or uh, Instagram, he is writing down something to Timothy in his last days about 
you have to run the race. You have to, you have to compete by the rules. You have, to, you, you have to be diligent in raising up men to teach the truth. And he's, he's pouring into Timothy. Paul is facing imminent death. And I, I think it's curious to note that Paul chooses in his last days to be more concerned about the person coming behind him than, the, than, than his own life. He could have said, oh, these chains or this sickness or this, this circumstance I'm in, but he focuses more on Timothy and he encourages him and instructs him. Timothy first comes into the scene if you're familiar with the, the story of Paul and Timothy in Acts chapter 16, it's on Paul's second missionary journey. We meet Timothy. Timothy comes on the page. He's a son of a Jewish Christian mom with a Greek father. And Timothy is converted into Paul's ministry. And, and Timothy came with I want you guys to put that verse up, Acts 16. It goes like this. Paul came also to Derb, Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken for by the brothers of Lystra and Iconum. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. Well spoken for. So Paul invites Timothy on his missionary journeys. He is well spoken for. This young man, Timothy, his reputation precedes him. And Paul not only invites him to be his traveling companion, but it's not just a travel partner, but he actually sees early and, and, and he, sees in depth, he sees surely this is somebody who I can work with and I can raise up. He had, a, he had a moment, oh, this is an opportunity. I see something in Timothy. So he's not only invited him to be a travel compart- uh, partner, but he is, he is seeing some, somebody to entrust something to. Am I, am I making sense? Somebody to pour into. We know how the story plays out that Paul could even one day leave Timothy with the responsibility of pastoring the Ephesian church. Take him under his wing and and give him a church to pastor. Their relationship lasted 20 years. So raising dreamers. The first thing I want to say about raising dreamers today is that you have to see it. You have to see the opportunity. Paul was able to identify Timothy His reputation came. He was well spoken of, and he saw something. The very first thing about raising dreamers is you have to be able to see it. Paul says it in verse 5. He said, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Timothy, when you came onto the scene, your faith came before you. Your faith came with you. I saw it in, it was in your grandmother. It was in your mother. It's in you. I see it. Your faith came with you, and I'm seeing something. He was, uh, he was told that Timothy was an outstanding young man, and when he saw it for, itself, when he saw it for himself, Paul said, i got to bring him with me. 
I got to bring them with me. There's people that God has put in your life today, right now, that, are, that can come along with you. That we, if we would just open our eyes to see, we could call them to come along with us. I want to ask this question. What do you do with people around you who are well spoken of? The people in your life right now that are well spoken of. Here's what I believe. Here's what I saw Paul do when he heard of Timothy and Timothy was well spoken of. And I want to say it like this. When we have people in our environment that are well spoken of, we ought to adjust and become better at speaking. Our speech should improve if we discover that there are people in our midst that are well spoken of. What I, what I mean by that is what exactly what Paul would do with Timothy. He would begin to speak to Timothy differently. Paul would upgrade how he talked to Timothy. He didn't talk to everybody else like he talked to Timothy. So if there are people in your midst who are well spoken of, think about maybe upgrading your speech when you get around them. Paul pointed out the right things in Timothy's life. He pointed out what God had put in him. Think about that. As soon as Timothy arrived on the scene, Paul goes, you know what? There's something there. There was something, there was something in your ancestry, and I see it, your reputation, and I'm just going to call it out. I wonder if there are people in your midst right now that are just waiting for you to call something out in them that you see. When you look at them, you see something. When you look at them, you see something. You have the unique ability and responsibility to point that out in them. Paul would point out what he put in them. I put, I put in my notes here, the opposite of these three things is true. So, so a good way to kill the dream early in somebody else, remember, we're raising dreamers, and we have, a, we have, we have people around us that are capable of being dreamers. And, and we can kill the dream early in people if we do the opposite, if we point out what God didn't put in them. If our speech is so that we're, we're pointing out the conflict, the, the negatives, we're pointing, out, we're pointing out the criticisms, and the speech that we offer is critical, that could kill the dream early. Another thing that Paul did was he pointed out what was possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. He would, he would look at Timothy and say, Timothy, there's a church in you. There, there's a responsibility in you. I can see it. Uh, he did not give you a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and sound mind. He, he was able to, to, to say what, the, what was possible through the Holy Spirit. So we could also kill the dream in somebody else if we do the opposite, if we point out what's impossible through their flesh. I think in my own life, I have the tendency, my, my wife's more of a dreamer than I am. She knows where we're going to go on vacation. <laughs> she's, she's got the dates. Uh, she's, she's more future. I'm not, I'm not always in the future with my mindset. And I think my son is, is more like my, my wife. And I can already see with, 
with the ideas and the things that my son brings to the table of like, Dad, you know what we should do? And wouldn't it be awesome if we? And I can be really quick to, that's impossible. That we can't do that. And, and, and we work with people who are, who are dreamers and who have, who have the, the, the vision and the forward thinking. And, and they, they, they bring us stuff. And, and we have like option A, foster the dream, raise them up. Or option B, kill the dream and tell them that's impossible. And I think that God has absolutely positioned us as individuals in this church to raise up dreamers. Amen? Amen? Another thing Paul did was he would point out to Timothy what success looked like. He went on down through the list that success, what success looks like. It's the hardworking farmer that has the first share of crops. Uh, it's the athlete that competes according to the rules that gets the prize. He, he, he showed, he painted the picture of what dreaming looks like. What success looks like. So the opposite of that is true. We could kill a dream really quick if we're painting what failure looks like for people. If we're painting what failure looks like for people. So the first thing that we have to be able to do if we're going to raise up dreamers. And can I just check who I'm talking to real quick? Does everybody in the, is everybody in the room convinced that God has put a dream in you? Is, is everybody convinced that he who began a good work in you will see it too through completion until the day of the Lord? That he has, that you are Christ's workmanship created in advance, that which he has prepared good works for you to accomplish. Is everybody convinced that, that there, are, there should be a dream that, that boils and that brews in us? And I hope that if you're convinced of that, you're also convinced that there's those dreams in others. And that God has put so specifically something in us that through a little bit of cultivation, through a little bit of raising up, we can see amazing things happen. The very first thing we have to be able to do is see that. And as soon as we see that, we have to begin talking right. Like I said, Paul noticed that there was someone who had a great reputation. So Paul made the adjustment he adjusted his speech. I'm going to call out what's possible in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share with him what success looks like. I am going to, I'm going to make sure the way that I talk influences the dream. Amen? The next thing you have to do, you have to see the opportunity, and then you have to begin to share the opportunity. If you see it, you've got to share it. How many people like to delegate work? How many people can't delegate work? <laughs> I fall maybe, maybe somewhere in the middle where I, I like the idea of delegating work, but then when I actually put that into practice and try to execute delegation, I learn that I have a little bit of control problems and that I like things done my way and my way is better. And anytime that you do delegate and, and you share the dream, it's going to do something different than what you had in mind. Anytime you try to give somebody something, whether it's your kids or your employees or your, or your coworkers or any time that you go to share the dream, it ends up looking a little differently. 
So what Paul's able to do with Timothy is he's able to see the, the potential of a dream, and then he's able to share the dream. He's able to let go of control of what that might look like. He's able to release it. He's able to share it. So Paul gives Timothy the opportunity to travel with him in his, in his, in his uh, missionary journeys. He, he actually gives Timothy legitimate assignments and trusting him, uh, seeing what he's made of. Uh, this is all raising up this dreamer. Uh, here's some examples from, from the Word of God. Verse 6, For this reason... I remind you to fan into flame the gifts of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And then in 1 Timothy 4.11, he's saying this, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers in example and speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture to exhortation and teaching. How many know that one person cannot be everywhere? Maybe nowadays with social media, it's a little bit more likely that you could make an announcement and be everywhere. But still, you cannot be everywhere. If you're with this group of people, you're not with that group of people. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're with this child, you're not with this child. You can only be with who you're with. So part of Paul's job as an apostle was to make sure that people were educated in God's word, that they, that they, were, that they were following the truth, that their conduct was right, that, that, they, that they handled correctly the things of God. And when he was with them, he was doing that. And what you see Paul do all throughout Acts is he would visit a, a place, he would raise them up, and then he would go and visit another place, and he would raise them up. And that's how Paul got started. And we see Paul handing Timothy a little bit of that dream. Hey, Timothy, I'm going to send you over here to this group of people as if it was me. And the things that I need you to relay are no less important as if I was saying them myself. And I know that you might say them differently. I know that you might, your interpretation of them might be slightly different than mine. But I am going to share this with you and entrust you to go say and go do this for me. He's giving him legitimate assignments. Tap your neighbor and say, you got to share it. You got to share it. If you're holding on to the things that God has put in your life, you are not walking in the will of God. He has called us all to make disciples. And it all starts with sharing that. If we are going to raise dreamers, we must give them opportunities to test the waters. Amen? Amen? These are moments to be encouraged, not threatened. Ooh. What do you do when the well-spoken person around you ends up doing it pretty good? <laughs> what do you do when, what do you do when, when the person that you're, you're raising up to dream all of a sudden just starts crushing it? I think, I think in a moment, I think in, in Paul's 
wrestling match with himself. He has to determine that I am not threatened. I am going to encourage this. I am going to teach him to fan this into flame. How many know if you're threatened, the dream is over? If you're threatened by the dreamer, the dream is over. There's no more room for you to be able to raise that dreamer up. You need to be able, like Paul was, to see it as multiplication, not competition. In Romans 16, 21, Paul says it like this. Timothy, my, can you say that with me? Fellow worker greets you. So does Lucius, Jason, Sisyphiter, and my kinsman. He's saying, Timothy is my fellow worker. We are in cooperation, not competition. I am raising him up and sending him to you. I've seen something in him. I'm willing to share him with you. And he is not in competition with me. We are fellow workers in Christ. And I'm sending him to do the will of God. Right? We have to be able to see it as multiplication. Don't kill the dream early by being threatened. Don't kill the dream early by being threatened. So what if your kid could do it better than you? Just quiet in here today. So what if your employee's got that skill worked out better than you do? Fan it into flame. All right, I'll move on. First Thessalonians 3, 2. We sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith. One more example out of 2 Corinthians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother to the church of God that is in Corinth with all the saints who are in the whole of our cave. This doesn't sound like a man who's threatened, does it? This sounds like a man who's excited about a dreamer he's raising up. This sounds like someone who, who saw something in somebody and is going to do whatever it takes to, to send him and release him. Man, God help us raise up dreamers. So one of the, one of the final things that I'm going to leave you with about raising up dreamers is this. Once you see it and you can share it, you have to be able to give it up. Give it away. This is, the, this is the hard part. Give it away. I'm going to read this passage of Scripture once, once more, and I want, I want to point out something as I'm reading it. This is the second part where Paul is now turning to Timothy, and, he, and, he, and like I said, he's advanced in years. He's writing him, and he's, and he's getting ready to let it go. And he says this in verse 2, You then... My child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trusted the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Someone say heavy. An athlete 
is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Someone say heavy. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Heavy. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David. I want to point out that as he's letting go, he's not pulling the weight away from him. I wanted to, I wanted to communicate one more thing, that, that giving away the opportunity is supposed to be heavy. I think Pastor Chris hit on this either a couple, last week or the, or the week before, that dreams face adversity, right? Anything that we dream in life has to go through trials. I remember Pastor Chris preaching that. Dreams need to be tested. And I want to I reiterate what Pastor Chris said, that dreams are supposed to be heavy. They're supposed to weigh something. What, when, when you see somebody who's living out a dream, you, you should think, man, that looks like a lot. That looks like it's a lot to handle. I guarantee you when Timothy looked up to Paul, he would be thinking things like, mm, that's a lot of weight. And that is the nature of dreams. They are heavy, and we need to resist the temptation when we give them away to try to make them lighter. Like, I know you're only looking out for your kids. I, I, know, you're, I know you only want what's best for people that, that you're raising up. But we can't, we can't lighten the load. We can't lighten the weight of something. So if we want to pass on to our children a good marriage, we have, we have, to, we have to allow them to feel what a good marriage weighs like. Come on, somebody. That's weight that you're carrying. A good marriage is, is, is like a backpack with weights. It's heavy. You don't just get to slap on good marriage and skip around with it. It takes you a lifetime. And, 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 and it's heavy to hand that away. Uh, uh, sports teams, right? Do you know how much weight a championship is? how heavy that is and and the amount of champions or dreamers that are on a football team or a basketball team is the um, equally uh, equals the amount of weight that that team can carry i'll say that again the number of dreamers equals the the capacity for weight and so if you if if you want to hand off legitimate weight to the people around you you, you better have raised dreamers does that make sense and if if you if if you're going to take on the weight of the dream, you better, you better hope that, 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 that someone has raised you to carry weight. Giving, giving away the opportunity is a heavy thing. And in, and in chapter, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is saying, I'm giving this to you. It's like in the Old Testament with Joshua and Moses. And God, God says this one statement, Joshua as I was with Moses, I am with you. Can you imagine the weight? Now Joshua's face would shine like the sun in the presence of God. This is supposed to be a heavy thing. Raising up dreamers. 
is supposed to be heavy. Don't soften the load out of fear. Paul is passing the torch. This is Timothy's role now. He is now the one to pass it on and entrust others. Did you guys catch that? When I was reading, Paul's emphasis was, hey, Timothy, it's your job now to raise up other dreamers. He's saying it. It's your job to pour into the church now. You're going to have the church of Ephesians, and that is a heavy weight, and you're going to raise up dreamers there. Paul does not hold on as one reluctant to let go, but with much encouragement, he exhorts Timothy to be strengthened by the grace in Jesus Christ. Amen? Pass on what has been taught and to endure suffering. I think one of the lost arts of this generation is the art of endurance. Endurance. I think for anybody in the room who was inspired in the last couple of weeks to dream... We, ha- we, we have to communicate that that takes endurance. Amen? Endurance. The ability to take a whipping and keep on ticking. <laughs> the ability to bear weight and take another step. Endurance. When, it, when the going gets tough, that's a... endurance. I don't think we teach it enough. I don't think young people today hear it enough. I think there's a, there, there can tend to be a microwave mentality where we just pop it in the microwave, hit how long we want it, and it's ready when we want it. If, we, if, if we're hungry, just door dash it. If we want to watch it, just binge it on Netflix. Forget commercials. Forget waiting for the next seat. Just watch it. If you want a movie, just download it. Turn your, turn your living room into a movie theater. It, everything is instant except for the things that really matter in this life. Those, those things take endurance. Strong relationships, powerful marriages, job satisfaction, a career that you're proud of. Those things take endurance. Faith. He's saying to Timothy, I watched generations of faith endure through your family. Through your grandmother it endured. Through your mother, it endured. Timothy, through you, by my grace, by God's grace, it will endure. And I want to challenge us this morning. When's the last time we looked around to the young people in our life and just said, you too, it will endure. This faith that we have, it will endure. This life, you will endure. Amen? Don't simply pass on the dream of success, of ease. Pass on endurance. Suffering will be a part of every dream and every opportunity. So you got to see it in the people around you. You got to be able to share it. And then at the end of the day, you've got to be able to let it go. And I'm going to close by going over this. The band's going to come up. I made a comment that the amount of dreamers, the number of dreamers equals the capacity for weight. Remember when I said that? Number of dreamers equals the capacity for weight. Can I just tell you something from experience, from where I stand? 
executive pastor here at this church. I've been working here for 13 years. I was saved in the youth ministry at 16. Been a part of this for over 20 years. Seen a lot of cool, cool people come through and do some really cool things. Very proud of this place. Can I just tell you that this church can bear weight? <laughs> I mean, if you're new this morning, you're, you're attending a church that knows how to hold up weight. Generations of men and women come through here who can hold the weight. That God has raised up so many dreamers in this place that it can hold weight. That over, over the years, over the generations, there's been dreamers raised up and weight carried. Dreamers raised up and weight carried. Dreamers raised up and weight carried. Number of dreamers equals capacity for weight. This is a place that's committed to raising up dreamers. Amen. I want that to be true of my family. I want my family to be able to bear weight because we're raising dreamers. I want my, my environments that I'm a part of to be able to bear weight because we're raising dreamers. I want the teams that we're a part of to be able to bear weight. Every team and ministry represented here has a job uh, the weight of the gospel on our shoulders and the number of dreamers that we raise up will directly reflect the weight we're able to carry into the future. So I want to challenge every mom and dad, every grandparent, every leader in the room who's, who's leading a team at work or at home or at the church. I want you to get a I want you to get a the perspective that if I raise up enough dreamers, we'll be able to bear the weight. Amen. That in the in the lack of a of a Paul, there would be a Timothy. In the absence of a Moses, there would be a Joshua. And to move forward in your life with the confidence that I I'm I'm not afraid to pass this heavy thing off because of the dreamers that we've raised up. Amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet. So you gotta see it, you gotta share it, you gotta be willing to let it go. Maybe some of you have been working on that for years and you're just ready to let something go. I wanna encourage you to do that today. Amen? Amen. I said it at the beginning, everybody should have one person that you're discipling. I want you to leave here today with the commitment to grab one person that, that God has shown you. You see them, come on, start sharing with them. Start, start letting it go. Start, start raising them up. I know this, if the church is committed to doing that, then we'll be able to carry a lot of weight. How many know that the weight of the gospel is far more than any one church can carry on its own? The weight of the gospel going into this world takes the entire body of Christ to carry that weight. That's how God set it up. He set us up to work together, to dream together. Amen? Come on, let's pray.
thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our life. Thank you for raising us up. Thank you for teaching us how to raise up dreamers. I pray, Lord, that everyone in this room would find one person that they could begin pouring into and believing God for moving forward. Let us be a place that can continue to carry the weight of the gospel because we're a place that continues to raise up dreamers. We thank you for it, Lord. We're trusting in you to lead us. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Everybody say it. Amen and amen. Love you guys. Raise them up.